Well, good afternoon and welcome to the program. And I'm not going to lie, uh, this this is a, a sad day for me because uh, in the last eight years, I have always looked forward to this first Thursday of the month because I always knew I was going to have a great conversation. We were going to wind up making some news. We'd have a few laughs. We'd inform uh, people. It has been a very uh, productive eight years of our monthly hour-long visits with Springfield Mayor Jim Langfelder. And today is the last one on the mayor's last full day in office. Mayor, right. thank you for taking the time because I know you got a lot to do as you are getting ready to uh, to walk out the door for the last time tomorrow. So. Right. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, I had to break away from... Uh Packing up stuff and things of that nature, last-minute minute items to take care of because, you know, mayor's work never ends right. as far as that goes. Someone didn't told me that, and it's for <laughs> sure true. So um, we're getting to the end, and, uh, you know, we'll be supportive with the new administration and their mayor-elect, Misty Busher, and look forward to the future for all of us. Well, I want to talk about the transition. Let me talk just mm-hmm. a little bit about, uh, or have you talk a little bit about that process as you're going through eight years. And I'm sure that over the years you've gotten a lot of, you know, gifts and mementos and oh, things. Right. Have you I found any surprises and just, you know, going through everything, packing it all up, stuff you've sort of forgotten about or like, oh, this this is a, a favorite keepsake of mine. Well, uh, information, actually. It was an article I pulled out. I go, I told uh, my communications director, I said, boy, I should have pulled this article out before the election because that could have been useful information. <laughs> but it's something I packed up as treasure. And so, um, but you kind of find uh, interesting uh, things of that. Actually, I had an IML uh, uh, agenda for the conference and my dad had handwritten notes on there because he was part of IML and it's points, you know, be sure to talk to this person or that person. And so, uh, those are the special memories, you know, the, uh, the gifts or what have you are nice and things of that nature. But, uh, really the experience of being in the office, that's really what it's all about. It's about the relationships you build through the years and, uh, the people you meet on a more personal level or those that you meet in general that you would not otherwise have met. Uh, I want to come back and, and spend some more time talking a bit about your legacy. It was, uh, I thought a very moving presentation by your director of Communications, who happens mm-hmm. to be your sister, right, and have right. talked a lot about your legacy, and we want to talk about that as well. But let's talk a bit about the transition. Mm-hmm. How how often have you been meeting or conferring with the mayor elect, and, and kind of going through things with her, and what have you been doing to prepare her for the job ahead? Well. Uh in a way, you prepare yourself uh, as far as that goes. You know, when I was treasurer, I did that. And, uh, you know, I'd call up Mayor Houston at the time uh, when I needed to and um, asked, uh, you know, certain items. or uh, And that's the same uh, relationship I have with the current treasurer, Mayor Leck Busher. Uh, so really, it is the uh, Mayor Leck's uh, transition. And you don't want to overstep your bounds. You're there to support. And uh, that's the same way uh, Mayor Houston did handle it. That's the same way I'm handling it um, and moving in that direction. But as far as uh, times we met, we did meet on the Wyndham because as a critical project moving forward. So we met at details of that. She's been at the groundbreakings for the uh, fire stations, which is very exciting for everybody. Uh, and of course, we see each other at the city council and that. So she knows I'm over only a phone call away or email away and vice versa. Has, has she taken that, that opportunity, though? I have you had like just a, a couple of sit down meetings to go over things or is she just kind of keeping her own counsel on that? Well, uh, uh, 
the Wyndham was the most in-depth uh, yeah. conversation we had with regards to that. So I'm sure there might be, uh, we still have to do the transition. We're working on the report right now, uh, continue it because of the volume of information on different projects in the queue. And we're trying to get as much of that as possible in a report. So we'll have uh, that for her hopefully by tomorrow, you know, because that's where we really exchange. And then follow up with any questions if she has any or needs anything. But it's really a guideline of what's there and uh, quick information that I didn't have the way you had to kind of you know, determine where to get the information. You'd have to rely on a developer or a, a department head to do that. So uh, that's the direction we're taking and moving ahead with. I don't want to put you uh, on one, the, one thing yeah. I should say, though. Yeah. Probably the most two busiest people in the city of Springfield right now is the incoming mayor and the outgoing mayor. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and I don't want to put you on the spot or sure. betray any confidences, uh -huh. but, but we have uh, we've hit a little bit of a wall in trying to find out about the transition and about you know who's on her transition team or who's advising. Mm -hmm. No word on appointments yet. And I did look back, and actually, you didn't announce most of your appointments until the day after you were sworn right, in. Right. So uh, I guess there there is a precedent there, but can, can you say anything about who uh, on your team has been communicating with with whom on her team to, to plan for the, these, uh, this changeover? Yeah, I think, uh, well, different directors have uh, reached out. I know uh, Summer Griffith, I think, has had some discussion with her. You know, of course, Police Chief uh, Scarlett, uh, of course, Chief uh, Blau, and I'm sure uh, I believe Doug Brown has, uh, Scott Dahl. So, um, you know, everybody has to a certain degree. Um, I don't know if all of them has been in depth as what they wanted, but uh, the bottom line is you don't announce your uh, directors until after you're sworn in for one. And then the other item is, is, you know, is that, I mean, why why couldn't you though? Why couldn't well, you, you could, let people know? You, you know, here's I think who you, I'm... I think she wants to give people a courtesy to uh, part if they want to part, okay. or if you want to uh, replace someone, give them the courtesy to let them know. I would think that uh, that's how I did it anyway. Yeah. But uh, I would feel, or I think that's probably the same direction. And I'm sure previous mayors to me had done it that way because you want to give respect to the individuals that are there Fair enough. Uh, and to move on and, and uh, part ways in a uh, cordial fashion and move that direction. So uh, if you were advised... There, with, with that, I can tell you, um, you know, and this is typical of any administration, uh, the Corporation Council, Jim Zirkel, he's not going to be there, yeah. Director McCarty, and usually those are the top two officials in any cabinet or any uh, administration so that's typically uh the mayor's prerogative yeah. and so you kept bill mccarty on though from the prior administration yeah, that, that was great because i brought it up did you hear what i brought up at the city council meeting uh because there was a lot that got said at that oh, meeting yeah. but, uh, well what i said uh, he he gave a presentation i said well i'm going to share with everybody why i kept director mccarty on because i had a lot of my supporters didn't want me to i said the reason i kept him on he was saying finances are so strong and so good i felt i better keep him on because if i don't and then the finances go south <laughs> they'll say you should have kept bill mccarty and then that way he could help right the ship so well, that's why i kept him on and it worked well it, you know we have and i i always felt that it's good to have someone that doesn't necessarily uh share your opinion all the time you want to have that checks and balances and uh that's what the team i built is not necessarily Yes, and you know, uh, yes sayers to myself, um, you know, and that's what I built on. You know, who's the best person in those departments? The other one is communications director uh, Julia Frevert, and usually your communications person is they're speaking for you, right. so you really need someone that understands the message you want to put out there. So that's understandable. And I and think so those she's were the top submitted three. her resignation already too. And mm -hmm. okay, yeah, yeah, I, I informed uh, uh, Mayor Leck Busher of that yeah. of those.
in particular. You, know, it, you, you talked about building a, a team that uh, didn't always agree and you don't want yes men around you. Mm-hmm. Or should, yes women. Yeah. It, it should be noted that the incoming mayor in her campaign had the support and sometimes the active help of people that had been in your administration that you fired, like Val Yazel, who oh, was right, your right, economic right. development director. Uh-huh. I know that she uh, had backing from your former uh, Lincoln Library uh, mm-hmm. director. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, of course, uh, Frank Valla giving some support. <laughs> and, and we know that that has not always been the smoothest relationship as well. So uh, any regrets in some of those interpersonal relationships that led some of those folks that had one time were aligned with you or at least were working you know, with you then working against you? Uh, no, not really. Okay. I mean, I mean, all, all my uh, positions, uh, you know, that I took, I felt justified. I still to do today. Uh, if you could turn back the clock and handle things different on the forefront, I might have uh, interjected more. Uh, the one with, uh, especially Val Yazel, I respect Val. We worked in banking together. The Center for Health and Housing, that was uh, very tough with everybody, but that didn't have anything to do with her parting ways or us parting ways. Uh, but what's happened, and this is a, I guess this is if I would do something different, I was kind of free with the directors, let them operate. And what's happened, and this is very challenging in this form of government, because the council members, they're the legislative bodies. Sometimes they want to be the administrative person. That's where it gets difficult. And that's where uh, sometimes the the council members, and everybody can see it, they don't share the same vision I did. So that's where some of the crossroads uh, intersected and didn't go the right way. So uh, I guess for Marilek Busher, I think that's one caveat of advice I would offer to her because this time around, if I was reelected, I would rein it in a little bit and, you know, really, you know, let the council members know we're working with you. But really, we have to prioritize our projects as a city as a whole. We want to uh, treat everybody equally as far as council members, but uh, they cannot operate and do backdoor operations to the mayor. I mean, you just can't do that because the mayor is the responsible person that has to sign off on contracts and everything else. And sometimes that has been happening. It raises another point. Shortly after the election, you made a comment to Channel 20 saying that if the timing of certain things had been a little bit different, mm-hmm. the fire stations and other things uh, may have uh, come through before the election, that maybe there would have been a different outcome there. Uh, is that just uh, bad timing, just unfortunate dumb <laughs> luck? Or do you feel like there was some deliberate slow walking of things so you couldn't gain the political advantage from them? Uh, a little bit of everything, yeah. I think it's. Uh, I think what's happened is, uh, you know, the fire stations, for instance, how that process took place. I probably allowed the fire department to have too much uh, say so in the uh, direction of the project in itself, picking the architect, things of that nature. So I probably would have had a more of a blended uh, group to oversee it. That way, you have that proper checks and balances and keep it moving faster. But what's really helped is having O'Shea Builders involved, and this is the first time for the city of Springfield. They're acting kind of as the general contractor. They're working with us through our bid process, and uh, we have a diversified group of individuals working on the project, and they've really helped keep the uh, project moving forward in a timely fashion, where before is kind of meandering, uh, and I felt like I was the one pushing it uphill, uh, and we just 
did the groundbreaking, you know, this week. Yeah. And then the other one was Wyndham, and that was the council members call. They, you know, asked the SSGA and said, well, we'd rather vote on that after the election than before the election. So that was definitely one that could have been handled prior to the election. And then Legacy Sports Complex, I always felt that that was uh, after the school district, it seemed like the bar kept changing or that they kept moving the position because they said, you know, after the school district agrees, we're ready to move forward. And they just kept uh, stringing it out. And I think that probably had something to do with the interest rate environment, maybe trying to see what they needed to get the financing. But I felt they they should have expedited that on the forefront. And what happened originally... When you say they, do you mean the developers, developers or the council? Yeah, okay. developers, because okay. when we first met, uh, I told them, I, they said, well, we need to work through the PLA. I said... You just we just put the PLA in the developers agreement. You have to have a PLA. That's how that discussion went. Go, oh, no, we need to work with it. Well, that took probably three to six months. And so that should have been working simultaneously with them getting financing, and that would have saved them money on the forefront, and we would have got it started earlier. But unfortunately, uh, that was lost time, things of that nature. And that's not uh, that's more a knock on the developer than the unions, because we typically, on a comp- project like that, we would put a PLA in there. Yeah. Springfield Mayor Jim Langfelder is here with us for our final hour-long chat with him as mayor. Tomorrow, of course, the swearing-in of new mayor Misty Busher will have live coverage of the inaugural starting at 2 p.m. here on Double. W-M-A-Y. And, Mayor, we uh, we spent a lot of time talking about some of the ins and outs of the transition, and I do want to talk about your legacy, and we'll get into that in the next uh, half hour. But before we take a break for news, let me just uh, ask, if you were uh, giving advice to the new mayor, what would be the, the one or two big priorities she should focus on immediately? You mean as far as projects go? Uh, the Wyndham needs to definitely be addressed uh, you know, exponentially because, uh, you know, it comes down to, are you, I don't think he's bluffing. You know, if the, the package then go forward, uh, he's saying that he turned it into apartments, 200 units of apartments. and then Subsidized course, housing, yeah. Well, he originally said, uh, well, he did say that originally, yeah. right? And then, um, then he switched it where I didn't mean it and that type of thing. But the parking ramp goes with the building. Right. And so Alderman Hanauer even said, he goes, well, we have the leverage of the parking ramp. Well, okay, that's fine. But if who doesn't need parking then, you know? Those are individuals that wouldn't drive. So, uh, really, we have the project has been backed by the SSGA. It's a good one with 250, um, you know, Delta Marriott uh, hotel rooms and then up to 200 market rate apartments. And it's real win-win for downtown having that 24-7 living mixed with the tourism. And it, that's really going to transform downtown. So uh, that was the, probably the highest priority that needs to be addressed immediately. But, you know, the uh, rails moving as is, you know, a lot of projects are in the queue moving forward. The other one that's key importance to follow up on is the record decision with Hunter Lake. We can finally close the book on that. And it's, uh, you know, Army Corps of Engineers going to put out a report. I think there's uh, one last public comment period. I think they'll be in June and just fall through to the end of the process. They said they'd be uh, making a record decision one way or the other, thumbs up or thumbs down uh, by the first part of next year. We need to finish that and then we can close that book one way or the other. Alderman McMenamin said yesterday that he thought that project was dead with the new mayor coming in. Do you get that sense as well or or do you think she's keeping an open mind on it? Well, hopefully she's not that short-sighted because it's in the queue. It'd be pretty easy to say, well, the previous mayor had this going. We're just going to fall through on it because uh, that's been the Achilles heel for the project all along. When you have a change administrations, when I came in, they said, well, are you really going to be committed to following through the process? I said, yes, we are going to do this. And we're at that point. So we need to do that because we went backwards and did the gravel pits and all of that. And that had been ruled out ages ago and uh that's what we need to stay focused on so the important 
reason for that is the cities that have a quality, quantifiable, reliable source of water, those that will thrive in the future. Back with Springfield Mayor Jim Langfelder. Today is his final full day in office. The new mayor, Misty Busher, gets sworn in tomorrow. Again, live coverage 2 o'clock here on WMAY. Earlier this week, Springfield City Council met. It was Jim Langfelder's final meeting as mayor, also the last meeting for several aldermen. And there were a number of presentations, including one from the city's director of communications, who usually doesn't get in front of the microphone like that, but she did to uh, offer uh, a very moving and emotional tribute to her boss and brother, uh, the mayor. And uh, uh, Mayor Julie went through a, a long list of accomplishments in your eight years in office. So let me ask you uh, about your legacy as you look back on the eight years. What do you uh, look at with the most sense of pride? What do you see as your, your biggest accomplishment in that eight years? Well, I think uh, most people tend to, you know, look at firehouses or tangible projects like the YMCA. Uh, you know, the significant significance of that was, you know, it took the downtown TIF and the Enos Park TIF to be extended, both of them, uh, which will help in the future years in development. Uh, but the one I really take pride in is something intangible, and that was how we led through the pandemic. You know, these are unprecedented times. Nobody knew what was happening, and I think we uh, really met that challenge uh, like no other city and really moved in a positive direction. We're coming out of the pandemic stronger because of that. And it's a community initiative, but, uh, you you know, with our police department, uh, we didn't see the civil unrest like other communities did, and that's because of our community engagement. We started day one, I think, with the police chief forms. Little did we realize how important those were when you fast forward to today's, um, you know, environment with police and community engagement with the public, how important it is. We were doing it day one, and so that really paid dividends, and then we did our ward plan meetings, and that led to neighborhood news and how we opened up the lines of communication with the uh, community and government and really built that level of trust. What should uh, what should have your name on it? And when we uh, when we look back and tell the story of this era, what building, what structure, what whatever should be named in honor of Jim hmm. Langfelder? Well, I, I've never been uh, hung up on that. You know, I was always about uh, doing the people's business, getting things done, moving that direction, and really looking at uh, the city as a whole. Um, and there's some. Uh, you know, there's some projects that I wish would be completed. The one uh, significant one that'd be huge for Springfield, uh, regardless how you feel about it, is the Bloomberg Harvard Initiative, because that was one that we submitted, and it was selected by an outside entity uh, for housing redevelopment, but it means more than that. It's a whole block redevelopment. I've explained it many different times, but instead tearing down housing, we'd restore them in the old uh, TSP Hope a neighborhood of Hope project. So we're actually putting plans to place and uh, putting the resources to that. You rebuild it, uh, those houses, and you assess the whole block, do infill development, and help out the homeowners on that block to lift up their properties as well. But you do job training, pre-apprentice training. That's why it's important to partner with Calvin Pitts. And I think that was a point of contention uh, with some individuals that weren't for me, but Calvin has put people to work that were, you know, coming out of prison or homeless or what have you. He's been there. He knows how to do that uh, and put people to work that are either unemployed or underemployed and working with, uh, you know, other 
individuals over that over there and have a training center right there because all your materials there you have uh, the workforce that you need and when we talk about poverty it's all on the other side of the track which is the 11th street side of the track so that initiative can change it on many different fronts through home ownership redevelopment job training and really lift up the community as a whole and just not over on the east side let's talk a little bit about day-to-day city business because uh, even though you're leaving you have set some wheels in motion for things to keep going even after you're gone a whole bunch of ordinances that were put in on first <laughs> reading for your last meeting as mayor one of these parting is, gift well one of them is calling for a civility pledge i, I thought this How's was the timing really, of that <laughs> and based <laughs> upon this past meeting uh yeah you could certainly uh, argue there's a need for it uh i i guess i would also look at it though and say um you know sometimes the civility can be kind of um artificial not mm-hmm. not right. really authentic and maybe sometimes it's okay you know when when people come in in a belligerent fashion maybe it's okay to respond in kind but let me ask you what what do you think uh why why is that necessary or a good idea for for city elected uh, and even i guess mm-hmm. for appointed officials well actually uh i wish i could take the credit for it but Illinois Municipal League, we had our lobby day. That was one of the initiatives they felt uh, they put forward to all cities to adopt, uh, not only for city councils, but individuals that address the council, do it respectfully. And um, I think within there, you'd sign a civility pledge and even individuals that would come up and address the council, they should uh, adhere to that decorum. So that's really where the concept came from. That's where I put it forward. Same with the TIF resolution that Mm -hmm. would say, do not change uh, state statute. We like it as it is. Don't water down the uh, you know, uh, the Home Rule Authority city's ability to manage TIF and operate it uh, to what the city council would see uh, deemed necessary. So those were the two initiatives basically uh, pushed by Illinois Municipal League. That's why I brought those forward. You also put forward one uh, on uh, disclosures for city officials or even for candidates for office. Mm -hmm. Uh, You had tried this earlier in the spring and it was put back into committee by uh, Alderman before the election. This is a somewhat modified, modified version of that. What's different and and why are you trying it again? Well, I think uh, individuals need to uh, walk the talk. You know, we had during this campaign, you know, people, you know, they said, oh, you're you're doing pay to play because I took a had a check come in (laughs) and didn't know who the individual was. And then they said, oh, you forgave fines. I have nothing to do with fines. That's all through the treasurer's office, through corporation council. They handle that whole process of collections, not the mayor's office. So uh, that's why I brought it forward. I said, "Okay, if you want to do this, let's go full throttle on it and that's what they should do and uh especially now especially with uh, the water we're talking about water chatham uh, we've supplied them water for i think uh, 10 times since i've been in office probably more uh, and so they're looking for a water contract and it's essential that we understand who owns properties or who can benefit from contributions who can benefit from contracts and uh put it all out on the table because that's how i live my life that's how i ruled as mayor. That's why I like discussing issues at city council, because that's the true form of transparency. When you allow people to come up and detract or say things about you and discuss it right there, you can't get any more transparent than that. And that's where you really conduct the people's business. And, you know, since it came out during the election, I said, well, okay, we'll go forward with it. And I appreciate Alderman Williams and Alderman McMinimum and now Alderman Williams carrying on in that fashion. And hopefully the rest of the city council really sees the value of it because that is true transparency and showing Uh, what's up with anything that comes before the city council. All right, just a few minutes left in our final visit with Jim Langfelder as mayor of Springfield. And, Mayor, one more critically important question to ask, and I have been 
derelict in my duty as a journalist and a talk show host and not grilling you about this monthly, but it did come up at the city council meeting earlier this week. The Bel Air Seal. Where, <laughs> where is the Bel Air Seal and what's going to become of it now that you're leaving office? Is your, is your wife letting you keep it? Or? Uh, actually, it's over Motorhead's. Uh, Rod okay, Metzger it, it actually okay. repainted it. It looks great. And he's going to get it operational or try to with the fountain <laughs> or a fountain with the wishing well. But, you know, we have plans for doing a play on words, you know, the city seal and uh, trying to create, you know, maybe plush toy or uh, books for children and really telling these story of uh, the city seal of Springfield and the travels around the world. How's that? <laughs> well, you, uh, you you talked about uh, your your desire to you know kind of make it up to your family for mm-hmm. all the time you spent in the last eight years, right. just really absorbed in the job of mayor. I'm curious, how long is it going to take to make up to your wife that you you spent the family's money to buy the, it's about what, two tons or something? Or yeah, I'm still working on that, but the <laughs> uh, as far as uh, <laughs> the over and under with uh, my wife saying, is the time to go back to work? Maybe, uh, maybe a week. How's that? <laughs> I, you know, that, I did want to ask you about that too. Uh, I mean, do you uh, have you been talking to anybody yet? Are you are you looking at all? You're right now. You're just going to kind of coast and spend the summer lounging by the pool and no, not lounging. I'm sure you know. I have to play catch up, so to speak. But uh, probably give you know through the month of May and then uh, June and try to assess things and see what's uh, you know what the options are. Uh, but I don't see myself working full-time to the degree I am currently, but maybe something more of a part-time nature or, you know, consulting or whatever the case may be. But I'm going to leave my options open and, um, you know, make a wise choice that isn't as taxing on the family as what the last eight years have been. You ever thought about fill-in talk radio work? You're oh, you natural for it. So, oh, yeah, right, well, that's keep, right. I might. You never keep know. Keep me posted. All right. Never say never. Mayor, any uh, last thoughts here? We have one minute to go. Any uh, last things you'd like to say well, here? Well, really, I appreciate uh, you having me on. I think it's very important elected officials are uh, accessible to the media because if not, you don't have information that you can share with the public, so you have to write your own stories. And that's one of the things I started with when I first came into office that anybody called. I always answered that call. I didn't use you know, usually use anybody as a spokesperson, but that's how I handle things. People are different, but it's important, whatever it is, get back to the media on a daily basis, especially this day and age of, uh, you know, uh, misinformation. We need to be responsible, especially those carrying out the local news, and we appreciate it. Well, we appreciate your time these uh, past eight years and wish you all the best in the future, and thanks again so much. Well, thank you, Jim.